Let's pray, shall we? Lord, I just want to thank you that we can come together. I thank you that we're a family. And I, Lord, I just pray your presence to come in an increased measure here in this place. I just sit over this place, Lord, and we release your goodness, your favour, your word, Lord, that we would hear your voice, that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear. Eyes to see and ears to hear, Lord, what you are saying and what you're releasing to us, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. We just come against any distractions, any weights or heaviness, Lord. We pray your presence in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. My message this morning and probably over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about this because um, it's just on our hearts. Is God has something to say to us and some things for us to see. God has something to say and he has things for us to see. And I've been, you know, we cleaned out our boxes and some of those books have been there for like seven or eight years and we haven't seen them. But one of the ones I spotted was, um, and I'd already been thinking about it, is from about, it's written by Jack Deere and it's surprised by the voice of God. So uh, I want to just really share some of the things that I've been reading and um, and share with you. So if you want me to... They want to turn with me to John chapter 10, verse 3 in your Bibles or on your phones. John chapter 10. John chapter 10. It's Jesus is our true shepherd. And verse 3 says, To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads him out. So Jesus is a shepherd, and we are his sheep. And it says that we hear his voice. It doesn't say some sheep hear his voice or maybe you hear his voice. It says, and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So you're the sheep and he is a shepherd and we do hear his voice. If we're listening, he is speaking. And uh, so I want us to just know that it's in the word that God speaks and we can hear his voice. The people of the Bible heard God speak in a variety of ways. If you look through from Old Testament to New Testament, right from front to back, God is always speaking and he's still speaking today. And uh, he spoke through an audible voice, through dreams, visions, circumstances, fleeces, inner impressions, prophets, angels and other ways as well as through scripture. God speaking in these ways was so common in the New Testament times that Paul had to give detailed instructions to the Corinthians. And if you look in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and through to chapter 14, you'll see that he gave specific directions to the church when they gathered together to hear and to to hear God's voice. And he said, right, when God speaks to you, do it this way. When God speaks over here, do it that way. So he expected in the word that God speaks. It's not like just a random once in a lifetime or once a month or once a year that God is speaking. It's expected that every time people got together that God would speak. That when we sat down with him, that God would speak. When we're walking along the road, that God would speak. When we're driving our car, that God is speaking to us. And the New Testament Christians, they expected that God would speak. And even if you read in Hebrews, it says they highlight the importance of hospitality because by showing hospitality, some people have even entertained angels without knowing it. So it was a normal thing for angels to show up and give messages because angels... Give messages from God. They, they deliver messages. They let you know things. And it was a normal thing. And they said, watch out when you're being hospitable because you could be entertaining an angel unawares. You know, they do, they do arrive and look like people. You know, you read back in Abraham and he, and he cooked and, and had a meal with two angels. You know, it's quite... And, and when Peter was let out, of, let out of jail by an angel and he ran along to the door and knocked on the door, Rhonda, his, the servant, thought that it was, an, you know... They thought it was an angel. So angels was a commonplace thing. So God speaks by angels as well. We serve a God who specialises in speaking. We're made in his image and most of us can talk. Some of us talk a lot. So we're made in his image to speak. And so he wants us to really know that he speaks. First Corinthians says, He lights what is hidden in darkness if we have ears to hear. He will share the mysteries of of the universe. Now, you're just going to have to bear with me for my accent on the ears bit today because I have to say it a lot. It's a waste of time. 
You just That's what it is. When I say ears to hear, it's these things, not anything else, right? Enough said. Um, God speaks to us of many things, but sometimes we can fail to hear him because he says more than we want to hear. You know, he can start to talk and we go, I don't want to hear that, God, and so we block it out. And then we go, why isn't God speaking? Go back to the last thing that you knew God was saying and do that or listen to that and then you'll notice God will start to speak clearly again. We can shut God out. He's talking but we can shut down the receptors because we don't want to hear what he has to say. Or we are ignorant of the way he speaks. So God is speaking. We either need to be careful that we are not being, you know, that we are open or understand the different ways he speaks. He speaks to different people in different ways. Where one person over here might hear God or see things or have visions or dreams and another person over here, it'll be through circumstances or an impression or just getting a word, a sentence in their mind flashing. It's like God speaks in different ways. We're individuals and, and unique and so he will speak to us in the way that he has created us. But sometimes he does things out of the box too. We go, oh, well, God only speaks to me that way. Well, don't get like that because God is just waiting to surprise us. Yeah, He loves to surprise us in the different way he speaks. And sometimes we fail to hear him because his voice is drowned out by competing voices that throw us into confusion. We can get confused. We can think, is that God? Is that you, God? You know, and uh, Jack Deere, he names three different voices besides the voice of God. And they're the voice of our emotions. Now, some of us that are more emotional, we can know that our emotions yell. Yeah, so our voice of our emotions can confuse us. The voice of darkness, the enemy coming in and whispering. The voice that comes through the pressure we feel from family, friends and other people around us and we can get confused. You know, they can, we can feel we're meant to be doing this and then the voice of family and friends and reason come in and go, but. And so it messes us up and we, and we get confused and then we do nothing. So there's three different voices apart from God. There's a voice of darkness, there's a voice of our emotions, and there's a voice of others. And we need to just really learn to understand the language of the Holy Spirit and, and practice it. Um, so that's what I really, really feel that the next few weeks I want to focus on, and I'm talking to Phil about it, about it last night, is just to learn how God speaks. And so that we, you know, I love how God just, um, he prepares our hearts. You know, Shara wrote that song, Last night that we sang this morning about, I, I know you'll whisper. It's like the loudest voice. And that's what God wants. He, he gave her that song last night and she didn't know what I was speaking about this morning. But he wants us to know the whisper of his voice like it's the loudest voice so that we will follow wherever he goes. And um, that's what it's all about, that we would know him. We often um, say, read your Bible. How many times have you heard us say that? Read the Word, read the Word, get into the Bible, read the Word every day. And uh, there's a reason for that because that is one of the ways God speaks. And uh, I know that it's a frequent confession of many of us to say, well, I don't read my Bible enough or I don't read my Bible at all. And, uh, you know, I go, well, read your Bible. <laughs> Put it on your phone, just a little verse, do the bare minimum, just read your Bible, find something you like, do a picture one, just get read the Bible. <laughs> But perhaps it's hard to read a book every day that tells how God supernaturally intervenes, that does amazing miracles and wonders in the lives of his children, and yet you see no practical relevance to your own life. If you read the Bible and you're not seeing the supernatural in your own life and God intervening, it could be just an annoying book. Yeah? Come on, be honest. Yeah? Um, but the supernatural phenomena is something that God wants to release in our lives. Once the supernatural element is taken out of the Bible, it merely becomes a moralistic guide to life. But God never intended it. He never intended his word to just be a guide for life, you know, and our morals and values. He never intended it to be that. It's meant to guide us in a dynamic encounter with God who works wonders. His word guides us into the supernatural it guides us into dynamic encounters with God and the angels in heaven. That's what this book is all about. And if you read it, you'll see that time after time, God did supernatural acts and it's recorded in his word to inspire faith. 
that we would have those same things happening because God is no respecter of persons. Is he saying yesterday, today and forever? What he did back there, what he did there, he will do for us. This word is meant to inspire us to believe for dynamic encounters and supernatural happenings in our own life. Come on. That's what this word is about and that's why we read it. It's not like just I am Matthew read the genealogy, oh, that's great. You know, get into the Word and you will see that it will, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It's not faith just so that you believe to go to heaven. It's faith for dynamic encounters. Who wants dynamic encounters? I do. I want supernatural happenings every day in my life. I want God to break through. I want Him to show me stuff. I want to see the mysteries of the universe. And God says, well, know my Word. Because when you know my word, it will lift your expectation that he can do it for you, that he can speak to you, that he will speak to you. That's what his word is all about. Come on. Yeah. Second Timothy 3 verse 16 and 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What are the good works of Jesus? He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He walked on water. He, he had provision come out of the fish's mouth. You know, his, he had his purse full so much that his, one of his um, disciples could steal from it. You know, he's, he, it's like he says it's, that it did supernatural things. And it says that when we read the word, we're thoroughly equipped for every good work, to do the good works that God has prepared beforehand and advanced before we even created. In our mother's womb, he says, I've written every day of your life in my book, and I have prepared and advanced good things for you to do. And when we read God's word, it equips us for that. Come on, we're not meant to just pop, 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 pop through life. We're not to feel like we've run over by a Mack truck half the time on a Monday morning. It equips us when we read this to spur us on to faith and exploits. Yes? Come on. I'm not the only one getting excited here. Just stir it up a little bit. So when God speaks, the ways that he speaks, and I want to just start with, with two things today because God speaks in a lot of ways. And I'm going to just unpack that with Philip over the next few weeks. Um, but he speaks through the Bible. You know, God reminds people of what they've read and heard. You know, so when we preach, we preach the Bible. When you share, you, you share the Bible. When you're talking to your children, share the Bible. Because when we do that, it gets into our lives and other people's lives. There was a story of a woman and she went along and she was very depressed and down and out and didn't really think she, you know, it was Christmas time, I want to live anymore. And so she went and heard this message and it was about Christmas and and she went, oh, that's all very nice. But she went away that night and she went, oh, I'm just going to commit suicide. And so she was about to. And then the words that she had heard in the service about how God was with her and that he was, he was going to look after her came back to her because God was speaking through the word that she had heard. And so she didn't. And she went on to live. You know, God, he, the word that he says is inspired by him. When we, when, we, when we speak it out, don't underestimate what it can do. And don't underestimate what it will do in our own life. It will guide us, it will equip us, it will strengthen us. You think, oh, I'm just reading, but it gets in. And it will remind us, the Holy Spirit reminds us what we have read. And we'll know straight away, oh, that's the Bible. If we don't read it, God will still speak it, but we won't recognise his voice. When you read God's word, you recognise straight away, oh, that's God speaking because that sounds like his word, yeah? And that's why it's so important to read the word. It brings guidance. God uses the Bible to do more than teach theological truths. He uses it to guide us in ministry. You know, the Holy Spirit illuminated scriptures to show Peter that he wanted to choose another apostle to replace Judas. He spoke through the word. If you read the account where Peter had to and the disciples had to choose somebody from the 12 to replace Judas who had hung himself and to betray Jesus, God highlighted the Psalms and said, this is what you should do. And, and Peter knew, right, this is the way forward. He'll give guidance through the word. Um, his revelation in, um, in Acts chapter 2 of how to explain Pentecost. Here's these guys in the upper room and these tongues of fire start to erupt on all their heads and they start to speak in all these foreign languages. What the heck? But the Holy Spirit spoke from the word to tell Peter what was happening. And he said, 
Um, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. This has came to pass in your, in your presence. Yeah? He, he was able to get guidance of what was happening in their life by the word. And God will do that. He will guide you with his word. Obedience to the word is another thing. As when Joshua was told to be careful to do everything written in it. You know, it, God had said to him, if you follow me, no one will come up against you all the days of your life. If you just walk in my word and seek to obey it. So it teaches us to obey and it brings stability. You know, if you, if you meditate on my word day and night, you'll be like a tree planted by streams of living water. And your fruit will prosper, you'll, you'll prosper in old age in Psalm 1 verse, verse 1 to 3. You know, and your leaf will not wither and you'll... And you'll um, Bear fruit, even in your old age. I like that one. Yeah? So when we're 120, 130, we're still bearing fruit. Come on now. Amen? So I wanted to talk just a minute about when reading the Bible and hearing God's voice doesn't work. So when the Bible doesn't seem to work, because I want to inspire you that one of the first ways we learn to hear God's voice is to read his word. That's what we're going to talk about today. The next few weeks, we're going to talk about visions, angelic encounters. We're going to talk about um, dreams, impressions, all those things. But I want to base everything we do in Jesus and in his word. So that's why we're starting here today. But this is going to follow on. So, you know, just get ready. Yeah. This is, this is to prepare us. This is giving a foundation of where we begin. Um, so why doesn't the Bible seem to work when we hear, we're trying to hear God's voice or we're reading it and we're going, this isn't working? Well, a little bit of Bible does not help. A little bit doesn't help much. One workout a day when you're exercising, once a year, what does it do, Shara? Nothing. From the ex-phys over there, it does nothing. If you only exercise once a day, it will do nothing. And diets you can't live with day after day. Once a day. Once a year. Once a year. Although Shara, she would tell you once a day is not enough since she exercises three times a day. But, uh, sorry. And you can't live with day after day. Um, if you can't live with a diet, that's not going to help you if you can't do it every day. If you can't stick to your eating plan every day, in the end, it's not going to do any good, is it? You're going to binge out on that chocolate cake. Yeah, it has to be something you can do consistently. Consistency, inconsistency lies the power. And being consistent lies the power. So it's in repeated workouts over a period of months, even years, that dramatically changes us, doesn't it? Come on now, it's inconsistently. I didn't start running, you know, 10, 11 Ks by just doing it once. I think I would have possibly needed, you know, resuscitation if I tried that. But it's in consistency that we grow strong. And it's the same with the Bible. A little bit of Bible doesn't do much. Yeah? We just might feel exhausted if we tried to read all of the New Testament in one sitting. And it would go in one eye and out the other. Maybe a little bit you might pick up. Yeah, the same, you know, the same as when we work out or we have to have a diet that we can stick to, the same is true with the Bible. A little bit of Bible reading won't really change us. It is daily meditation, month after month, year after year, that changes us. Daily meditation, daily reading, daily thinking on it, morning and night, the Bible says. That's what changes things. That's what transforms us. That's what transforms our world because when you read it, you get faith to believe that God can do the impossible. And a little bit of Bible won't do that. Yeah? Reading the Bible is very much like eating food. Food is fuel for the body, but without exercise, it can't be used to build up and repair the body as it should. In the same way, the Bible is fuel for the soul, but without exercise, the soul will shrink into a weakened state, just as our muscles do without exercise. So we need to fuel our spirit. We need to fuel our soul, our mind, our emotions with the word because it's fuel for us. And a little bit, you're going to run out. You're going to start well, get on the treadmill. Yeah, go, go, go. And you're going to run out. You're going to get all hot and sweaty and just, you know, never want to get on that thing again. But if you just do it little by little every day, you will get stronger. I say you build faith muscles. You know, muscles, 
He's got muscles. Muscles are not built all of a sudden. We can feel like we're very puny, but if you start a little bit by a little bit, you get strong. And where you think you thought you had no muscles, if you work those muscles out, you will get strong in them. Is that right? Eight weeks, Shara says. Eight weeks, you can have muscles. Yeah, and the same with the word. If you start to put the word in, you will see change over eight weeks. But if you don't exercise, what happens to the muscles? Nothing. They disappear. And you become instead flabby. And I tell you what, there's a lot of flabby Christians around <laughs> in the spiritual sense. <laughs> Keep myself <a> little... <laughs> Yeah? But... <laughs> um... <laughs> It's not a good thing to say just after New Year. But anyway, it's <laughs> the first step to our spiritual health is taking out in the right fuel day after day, month after month. Take in the fuel that's going to make you run the race and win the prize. Yes, not just start out well and then putt out later. Yeah, and run out of steam. The bite, you know, there's so many, I know so many people that have started out, woohoo, and, and God is doing amazing things with them. And you meet them five years later and they're out of church. They never read the Bible. They don't want to talk to God because something has come in and they weren't getting the word in. They weren't getting that relationship in. And so they ran out and the enemy just went, pluck, out we come. It's not just how we start the race, but how we finish that matters. Amen. So take the time, obey the bot, what it says, don't just simply read it. It's when we obey it and take it in and make it a part of our life that produces Christ-like character. There's lots of us can just sit there and read it and go, oh, tick, done that. That's not going to change us. Take it in. Hear what God is saying because a word is useful for, for rebuking, for correcting, for inspiring us, for showing us and equipping us for every good work. Quick fixes don't exist in the spiritual realm. I know we want a quick fix, but it's, it's, a, it's a walk. It's a long walk. And sometimes God will give you a super boost and you'll run, but it's, it's a consistent journey. And quick fixes, you know, God's he's gracious. And if you need something, as Philip said, and there's like now faith for things. But over a period of your walk with Jesus, it's a steady, consistent putting in the fuel and walking with him that sees you do the great exploits and the good works that God prepared in advance for us to do. Amen? In other words, our primary... I love C.S. Lewis. He, he had a little quote. Not only do we have to have faith and confidence in the Bible, we need to read it for the right reason. C.S. Lewis wrote, it's not a question of learning a subject when we read the Bible, but of steeping ourselves in a personality. It's not a question of learning a subject, but of steeping ourselves in the personality of Jesus, of the Father, of the Holy Spirit. It's in, it's in knowing him and the wonders of his person. That's what reading the Bible is about. When you read the Bible, look for Jesus in there. Look for what God is doing in there. Look for what he wants to say to you. Because it's a person in these words. God and his word are one, and you'll find him in his word. I'll find you in the secret place. And your word. Our primary purpose for meditating on the Bible is to meet Jesus, to hear his voice and to see him more clearly that we might love him more. The Bible forms Christ within us, Galatians 4 verse 19 says. It's forming Christ within us. It gets us so focused and in love with him. You know, imagine if Jesus, you'd walk with him in the time when he walked the earth and uh, he would get up early in the morning and he'd go up on the mountaintop to pray. And his disciples probably woke up every now and then early in the morning when the sun rose at 4am and they would have seen him walking up on the mountaintop. And uh, if it was me there, I would have been looking and looking and looking until I couldn't see him anymore. And then I'd constantly be looking up to see when he was coming back again. Because you just want to be with him. You know, when the people, they, saw, they heard him coming and they would see the crowds coming into a town and they needed him, the lepers that needed healing and the people and the little children that just wanted to be near him, they would have been looking and looking and looking for Jesus. When we read his word, the Bible says in, in John that he and his word are one. Look for Jesus and the word. Look for the person and not just the subject and you'll find him and it will become alive to you. 
Our attitude can make Bible reading worthless or even harmful. We can't depend on our intelligence and our discipline. Some of us are like, yes, I've got a tick list. I'm going to read this. Yes. Come on now. I know some of you are like that. Yes. But it actually can become quite harmful. (laughs) We can't depend on our intelligence or our discipline in order to share grit. I'm going to do this. We must spiritually discern what is in the Word. And so we need the Holy Spirit, not just our our determination or our intelligence. I know what this means. You know, we can get puffed up with our own little knowledge. We need the Word to be spiritually discerned to us by the Holy Spirit and to be able to discern the deep things of the Word. And God will do that. He will show us the deep things, what they mean. So treasure it. It becomes ineffective if we don't read it. It won't do a thing. The Bible will sit on your shelf. It will not suddenly just magically land on top of you and suddenly start to work in you something. You actually have to open it up and eat it. You know, if Justin, <laughs> Justin was here, he would grab hold of the Bible and he goes like this and he goes, nom, 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 nom. and you know, all the religious people get highly offended and he doesn't care. He's like, nom, 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 oh, it's tasty. Nom, nom, nom. And that. <laughs> <laughs> It needs to be treasured and it needs to be eaten. This is fuel for us. You know, there's old saints, they used to not eat physical food. They used to just eat spiritual food. And they would go for days not eating. Crazy wild things that can happen when you get, you know, get God-upped. It's a new Taoism, God-upped. <laughs> Anyone who wants to hear the voice of God on a regular basis has to become intimately acquainted with his word. Holy Spirit will bring the words of Scripture to our minds, not only to guide us, but also to save us. He will lead and guide us and and lead us away from danger. He will lead us into the places we're meant to be. You know, the angels, when when we get hold of God's word and we start to declare it, like you did this morning, there is angels on assignment now. There is angels busy. They're going, look at those guys down there at Phil and Dale's house. Look at them going. And they're on assignment for what you spoke. They're setting up opportunities. They're setting up husbands and wives. They're setting up babies that are going to be delivered. (laughs) We watched Storks the other night and it was hilarious. These little Storks and they deliver babies, but that's not how it happens, okay? (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) Um, that, that book, Sharon, <laughs> that's what it is. What was that book, Sex and Money? Read that and you'll find out. All right. Uh, that or Song of Solomon. Um, yes. All right, come on. I'm sorry if my timing's a bit off, but I'm not quite there yet. Okay. Um, I just want to share something quickly with you, um, just on what um, Dale's talking about here. Um, some of everybody listens and hears things differently, so I'm just going to come from a different um, from a different angle, and I want to share something that I learned and I've shared with a couple of other people, and they've gone, "Yeah, I really get that now." Um, there's a parable, um, Matthew um, 25, 1. At that, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. I just want to share with you what I've learnt about the oil. The oil is a is like, um, in, I don't know if you know, but in a lantern, um, the wick doesn't burn. It's the oil that burns. The oil actually burns and the oil depletes. So you must keep renewing the oil. So the oil is is you in the word of God, in God, um, um, worshipping him, being in him. And every day you wake up and you do anything, whether you talk to somebody else, whether you interact with somebody else, that oil that is in that lantern actually goes down. It actually diminishes the wick doesn't burn but the oil goes down so at the end of every day your oil has gone down to about that level you know like really down low and if you don't get into the word of God and you don't uh, you were not in God that oil will not rise and come up you actually must um, be in the word to to actually uh, have that oil rise 
does every does, can everyone picture that oil? Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Sharon. That's right. We we need to you know anointing. Anointing, what, did Jesse, what does Jesse say? Our word level is equal to our anointing level. So we want to, you know, the more word we have, the greater anointing, the greater outworking of what God is doing in our life. So we've got to keep on filling up. It's fuel. It's fuel for us. Now, I just want to speak this one. I, I really feel like this, this is for some people here this morning. As God speaks to us through our experience. The Bible teaches that God often speaks to us in our experiences, that is, through events and circumstances of our lives. Sometimes we mess up and God tries to get our attention. We keep ignoring him and our circumstances stay the same or worsen. In the Old Testament, if the people fell into a disobedience or neglected God or just got you know, off tangent then they stepped outside of that blessing that God had on their lives. And, you know, if you read the Old Testament, Haggai, Malachi and Joel, they all teach us that God may speak to us even in our unpleasant circumstances. We can often never stop to ask God about these circumstances. When things aren't going well, when things are, you know, things are going wrong, we can often just push through. I'm just going to be all right. And we, we try to just assume that the negative events are just simply a part of life. Some of us grit our teeth and face our trials with a stubborn resolve, I know, where some of us are like that. We're just like, I'm just going to keep on going, keep on going, keep on going, keep swimming, yeah? As a result, if we never stop and say, God, what do, you, do you need to say anything to me? Do I need to check something here? Do I need to change something am I doing? Have you been talking to me and I didn't listen? Because if our circumstances aren't matching up with what he says in his word, then we need to look and check, God, have I missed something? God, have I got something out of order here? Otherwise, we can just sadly keep on going round and round and round and round the same mountain thinking, you know, and God is gracious and often he'll give you a way out, but keep on going around the same trial, the same thing. And it's like you've got to listen up and say, God, are you speaking through my experiences here? If you keep on pushing yourself and you're always getting sick, then listen up. Are you overloading? You know, if you keep on using your credit card and not being able to pay it, listen up. Are your experiences telling you stop using your credit card? Yeah? If you keep on getting into um, relationship problems or you, you can't seem to find somebody to share your life with and, and it's like, God, what are you telling me through my experiences? Do I need to change? Do I need to be transformed here? What is it that keeps on happening in my trials and experiences that you want to say? Because if we keep on just thinking, oh, I'll just keep on going, sometimes we can miss God speaking in our experiences and he will speak. That's one of the ways he talks. Other times we can just presume it is the devil that has brought every negative circumstances. There's a demon under every rock and thus fail to hear God trying to lead us either to repentance or to change. You know, when sickness comes in, when, when things come in and, we've, you know, lack comes in, anything that doesn't match up with the blessings of God, we've got to check, have we got a chink in our armour? Is there unforgiveness in our life? Is it, is it actually just an enemy attack where we've just got to put a shield up and kick some devil butt? Or has it got in through some other means? If you've got sickness that keeps on happening, go to God and say, God, show me if there's something I need to change. If there's a negative experiences that just keep on happening, go to God and say, God, these experiences keep on happening. Is there something you need to say to me? Yeah, let's not be thick as two bricks, you know. You know, a, a horse that goes to the trough and gets hit on a brick with a brick on his head, we would just think every time he goes, that happens, we would think they're silly. And yet we can so often do the same thing. Let God speak in your experiences. If there needs to be repentance, repent. If there needs to be a change, there needs to be action, let God speak to your experiences. Don't just think, I've just got a soldier on or it's the devil. Sometimes God is trying to get through. Most of the time he's trying to get through. The Holy Spirit speak to us through common events. I'll just say with that point before, we can even prolong trials because we fail to hear what God is saying in the midst of it. We can, we can, we can prolong the drama because we aren't listening. Listen up. What is it? Is it you have to step out? Is there a change of tact? Is there something God is wanting to say? 
Holy Spirit speaks to us through common events. Sometimes God may speak to us in circumstances or events. When we find our attention being drawn to a specific circumstance or event that is happening in life, we should become alert to the possibility that God might be speaking to us. You know, it's, it's everyday things. Jeremiah, he was sitting on the side of the road or in the town and he was watching a potter um, work the clay and God started to speak to him. You can see something and you think, oh, that's not very spiritual. But, you know, when Jeremiah said that, he said, God said to him that I, I can choose whatever I want to do with the nation of Israel. I can work it whatever way I choose fit. And so God spoke out of an everyday event and circumstance what he wanted to say. And God will do that. I'll go running and God will speak to me out of an everyday thing. I'll be feeling tired and he says, dig deep. And then he'll start to unpackage this whole thing about digging deeper into him. And when we, we find pressure and circumstances coming against us or the wind coming at us, dig deep. And so I get a whole revelation just by this little one word, dig deep. Or you can be looking, you know, you can be out looking at a sunset or driving along in your car and the traffic is whizzing by and everybody's chaotically busy. And God also says, don't do that, slow down. And every day, circumstances and events of our life, God is speaking. So look for them. Ken Jaya said, everywhere we look, there are pictures that are not really pictures but windows. God can be seen and heard through these windows. Everywhere we look, we think it's just pictures and visual, you know, visual stuff, but there actually can be windows to God speaking. So let God speak through the windows. We can all hear God, but we do have to always be looking and listening for his voice. He can speak when we're driving to work, when we're running, when in the middle of breakfast, when we're washing the dishes. He speaks to us, and these are some of the things we're going to talk about. Through miracles, supernatural means, natural means, visions, dreams, trances, by invading our minds with a part of a sentence or just a single word that we may not even understand. You know, I was in a message in a meeting once and one of the guys were learning to hear God's voice and he kept on having these socks, this visual image of socks. And he's like, what the heck, what's socks? But anyway, the thing about, you remember that? Yep, the thing about it is we've got to learn by trial and error when we're hearing God's voice. And those of us who are too afraid to step out and just try something and go, well, I, I'm not sure about this, but it might be God. If, you, if you're never willing to be wrong, you're not going to hear, you're not going to grow in it. And so he just said, "Radio, it's, it's socks. And you know what? Somebody across the other side of the room said, that was for me. And it was the fact that God is interested in the little details of my life. Before I came, I could not find my socks. They were missing or missing socks or something like that. And it really ministered to him that God was interested in the little details of his life. That had been a real issue. And anybody who has children knows that socks can be an issue. Finding socks can be an issue. But God is interested. So it's by trial and error that we, that we learn how to hear God's voice. And if we're too afraid, then we're never going to grow in it. We'll stay the same. And other people around us will just go, I'm not just going to read about it, I'm going to do it. You know, as I finish, I just want to share an illustration of just, just how important it is. And if we were learning a new language, and the language of God and heaven and the Holy Spirit is a new language. When we first come to know him, it's like you read the Bible and it's like, oh, this is really, you know, strange. And the Bible is a very weird book. There are some very weird things. And the deeper you get in it, the weirder it gets. It is weird. Truly, it is. There's some very unusual happenings in there. But that's because a weird means what? Unearthly, heavenly supernatural. So I'm weird and I love the weird book. Yeah. But when we learn a new language, it sounds weird, doesn't it? Who actually speaks two languages? These guys down here all speak. Yep. All right. And when you first, not the ones that were born into it, but when you first learn a a different language or if you speak in tongues, that sounded weird. Um, it, It sounds odd. But little children learn to speak a language. The best time to teach a language and when you're young. And there's a reason for that. If you put kids, I remember when Isaac going to Thailand and he was just a little tiny titan, he just wanted to play with all the kids. And he was motivated to try and pick up words and so was some of the younger kids because they wanted to play. They wanted to play, get that. And so they were highly motivated to learn how to speak the language of where they were. I want to play. 
I want to play with heavenly stuff. I want to get into it. And so we need to be highly motivated because we want to play to learn the language of the Holy Spirit. So be motivated just as you would learning a language because you want to interact, you want to engage, you want to play with that place and those people that are speaking a different language. You want to play in heaven. You want to know how heaven works. You want to, you want to have relationship, then be motivated to play. Number two is children learn quickly because their native speech patterns are not so ingrained in them as in adults. And same, in the same way, we can figure that God only speaks to us in a particular way. And it can be difficult to embrace the language of visions, dreams, or stepping into heavenly places because it seems unnatural to us and we haven't done it before. But little children, they haven't been, you know, stuck in how verbs are and adjectives and how this works in this language and this sentence, you know. If you're learning to read a foreign language, it's different, isn't it? And, and little children, they don't worry about that. They just speak it. Yeah? And, and not, it's not ingrained in them, this is how our native tongue goes and this is so how it has to be. When you come to God and you want to know the language of heaven and you want to experience heavenly things, you cannot be so ingrained and steeped in our way of doing things or the way that you've known previously that you will not change your pattern of how you hear God because you will miss it. You'll stumble along over the words, just like you would if a foreign language. You try to read it and you get, you get muddled up because it's like, well, that's not how I know it. That's not my foreign, that's my, my tongue, and so I don't know how to read it. And it's the same when we come to God. We have to let, just relax, chill out, and let, and let the new language of heaven just flow over us and embrace it. If you're stuck in your old way and thought patterns, you're going to miss it and you won't be able to grab hold of the language of heaven easily. You'll, you'll be able to do it, but it won't flow. Third thing as I finish, children learn a foreign language faster than adults because their vocal cords are not yet hardened like those of an adult. Children's vocal cords are flexible. Likewise, when learning the language of the Holy Spirit, when understanding heavenly things, there is a point at which some people become so hardened by their doctrines and traditions that it makes it difficult for them to hear God in any way except the way in which they have always heard him. We need to be careful, even now, that we just think, well, this is the way God speaks and this is what he's doing here, that we don't get arrogant and proud and hardened in our way of thinking in our hearts, well, God doesn't speak like that or God doesn't do that because God does weird things. And church history is full of places where God did weird things and other people went, well, that's not God. Well, that can't be God because that's weird and that's messy and they missed it. The church, the, the greats that we look back in church history, you know, Charles Wesley and Finney and all those guys, they, we think, oh, they're great men of faith and we esteem them. But back then, back when they were happening, they had people writing letters against them. They had newspaper articles against them. They had people coming out from the church saying they're heretics. You know, they did crazy things. Amy Simple from McPherson, I talk about her, she would dress in this beautiful white dress, stand on a box in the middle of the street, start to preach the gospel. When she had a big enough crowd, she'd rented a hall down the um, road, she'd jump down from a box, pick a box off, start running, and they'd go, where's she going? Let's go too. Get in the doors and she'd have helpers. Once she had enough people in the building, she would close the doors and lock them. And then she would preach. And she, they would have trances where people would be out for days. They had miracles. By the end of a week, they would have the lined of the walls would be lined with wheelchairs and crutches and canes and, and implements where people had been maimed and things happened and they would line the walls because they'd been healed. God does weird stuff. But if we say, well, God doesn't speak like that, God doesn't do that, we're going to miss it because our hearts are hard. Expect God to do the weird and you won't be surprised. Well, you will because he does weirder. He says, I will do more things than you can think, dream, ask or imagine. He will do more. So he's going to be weirder than you think. But hey, it's better than being bored. Yeah? So let's, let's just be brave together. 
You know, Rick Joyner from Morningstar once said of his school of spirit, you know, we are learning as much from our failures as from our successes. It's okay to fail. It's okay to jump up and say, hey, I've got something to share. It's okay to start to declare and decree. Declare and decree. You know, it's, it's, those things are what God says to do. And if we're so afraid of being wrong or so afraid of looking foolish, yeah, it's okay to look foolish. We're a family, you know, and it's okay to look weird and be even weirder. I, I wish we were weirder, people. We're all a little bit not weird enough. <laughs> not honest, we are. You get around some people that are just, you know, going, God, you know, we can learn about a subject or we can live it. How about we live it? We, we read and we meditate, but that's to act out of faith to expect for more. You know, when was the last time a donkey or a horse spoke to you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We kind of want them to talk back, you know. It's like, when did the last time a raven deliver your dinner? You know, I heard this story just as I finished. I know I'm going on. (laughs) It's this guy, he wanted, this young boy, he wanted to um, be able to give into missions. And he'd heard, I think it was Jesse Duplantis saying, you know, if God can deliver food um, to Elijah by the brook and give him food by ravens, then he can deliver you what you need. And so I said, all right, God, you said that you, you do that for him. So I'm believing that I'm going to have deliber- delivered to my yard. Um, I'm going to have money come into my hand so I can give to this mission. And so every day, you know what the birds did? They would drop little pieces of money in his backyard. The birds did it. Yeah, and, over, and he was believing for $10 and over two weeks – I think he had $200 delivered by the birds, people. Come on now. God is weird. He will, <laughs> well, put your faith to it. You know, we don't believe for enough weird stuff. Yeah. Well, if a fish can deliver the tax to pay for Jesus, come on. You've got to believe for weirder stuff. I'm just going to push you a little bit. In the next few weeks, it, we, we just want God to enter into our midst in a higher level. That's what Miriam was saying. We've got to go higher, you know. And the levitation thing, I actually, I want that. I've felt that on me, you know. And that happens. There is nuns and monks and back in the day where they were documented by, you know, church and historians and people like mayors in the town and stuff. They would levitate and fly around the church steeple. Come on, don't tell me God's not weird and exciting. Now, wouldn't you like to levitate and fly around the church steeple? I just think that would be cool. They were in ecstasies, just like, whoa, Jesus. They were so taken up. I think, well, who is it? The nun. I can't think of her name. But she said it was like shards of iron being pulled up by a magnet. Yeah, I heard about this old grandma. It's one of my friends, actually, and it was her mother-in-law. And she was in a Yongi Cho. I'm just on a flow. I was on a Yongi Cho meeting, and uh, I was telling her about how I'd felt this pull heaven. And honest, sometimes I have felt the pull heavenward. I was walking with Philip one day, and we are talking. Because the more you talk about these things, the more God delights to do it. You want it to happen, start talking about it with other people. And we were walking, and we felt the updraft. We felt a pull. And we're like, did you feel that? Yeah, I felt that. That was cool. But we need to talk about it and lift our faith and start to speak about it. I was sharing with one of my friends and she, she's not fully into this yet. And she says, oh, yeah, that happened to my mother-in-law. They're in a young you know, church in Korea and they're visiting. And in the worship, they looked across her and her son and she was floating off the ground. She was floating because she was caught up into the heavenlies. She was just caught up in God. You know, so that levitation, I'm just, I'm just claiming that one for me because I always say I'm going to float up every one of these days, but actually I want it to be, you know, now. You know, don't say oh, it's off in the distance. Say, I want this stuff now. When you read the word, you read, you know, start in Matthew chapter 1 and every day just read a chapter. And when you see a miracle, you say, God, I want to do that good work. When you see God do something cool and Jesus say, I want that and activate your faith. And then when he says, do it, go, ah, and do it. Yeah, because you can sit there and go, oh, Jesus, use me and never get off your butt and do anything. If you see it in the Word, that Word is there to inspire and activate you for dynamic encounters of the supernatural sort. 
It is not a dead book. There is Jesus in there. You can eat it, eat it, eat it. There is Jesus in that book. Yes? So when you read it, look for him. He might jump out at you. <laughs> Actually, I guarantee he will. And when, he's, when you read it and say, Jesus, I want to do that. I want to open deaf ears and open blind eyes and raise people from the dead. When he says, go and do it, then get off your butt and do it. Because he said, the anointing from on high will clothe you with power. The Holy Spirit, the resurrection power of the high, most high God is dwelling on the inside of you. Open your mouth, get off your butt and put faith, wheels on your faith. Yeah, put some wheels on what you believe. Come on now. Have I got Have you got it? You got it? <laughs> so read the word, munch on it, eat it. Let it fill you up to do supernatural exploits because that is what it is for. It's not just a book to tell us how to be good people. How boring is that? Yeah, the church and the world is full of boring, boring people who say they know God and bless him, but I want to be weird. The church needs weird people and the world needs even weirder. Let's pray. Lord, I just want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you that it inspires us, that it ignites faith on the inside of us, Lord. I just pray that what I've spoken today would ignite a fire within us. Holy Spirit, that you take the words that I've spoken, that you would just cause them to bear fruit in our lives. Let the things of the old just drop off us right now. Anything, any mindsets, any religion, any traditions, any family stuff, that it would drop off us right now in the name of Jesus and we would be set free to run the race and run it well and run it like a marathon till the end, Lord, and that we would get to heaven permanently because we love going there every day that we would just say be able to stand before you and you say well done good and faithful servant and enter into my rest because now is not the time to rest and do nothing we rest in you but we get busy and so lord i pray that as we read your word this week that it would inspire us to do exploits for you that we would see jesus in the pages that we would be inspired to do the good works that you have prepared beforehand for us to do meet every need as we read it provide for every need lord bring health and healing and provision and set us free by the washing of your word in jesus mighty name and we all said amen yeah you can I don't know if it is or not. I just had a vision of this big, strong door, like in a big castle, you know, like the moat ones where you have to go like this and knock it down. And the Lord said to me, you don't have to do that. And I think there's, there's people here, they've got this big door in front of them and all the good things are on the other side and all the glory of God's on the other side and all the things Dale's been talking about are on the other side of that door. And God said to me, just go like that. And it'll fall down and you'll be in the glory. Amen. Amen. It's not hard. It's not hard. It's just step through. Because as Anna said this morning, the veil has been torn. We don't have, there's no separation between this stuff that we're talking about and what we read in the word and us. It's ours. It's, it's our bread. It's the children's bread. And as Anna said this morning, the veil has been torn. You can access this. You can access him in him is all this. Amen. So let's do it, people. Let's encourage one another. Let's share stories. You know, hear a story or you read something, just tell somebody else because it spurs faith on. We encourage one another. And don't miss the next few weeks or if you, if you have to be away, listen up because we're going to be talking about how God speaks some more and uh, not just how he speaks, but we're going to ask him to do it. We're going to ask him to do it. Amen.